we feeling today, United Church? We feeling good? <laughs> Woo! Man. I am a little bit pumped today, and um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm super, I about said pooper right there, super, um, it's 8 a.m., so you just never know what's going to come out, and uh, man, first of all, I just want to say, this is a like small but mighty crowd today. You guys were bringing it in worship today. Wow. And uh, thank you guys, um, we're, we're doing everything we can in this socially distanced world um, to make sure that we are creating safe as, as safe as possible environments for people to worship. Thank you so much for being here at the ADM. Before I jump into the message, I'll tell you two quick things real quick. The first one is this, if you are interested in doing life with some people, come on, that are like-minded with you, come on, today is the day that our group sessions, group signups open up. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> And so here's what we believe at United Church. We believe that life is better lived in circles than it is in rows. We believe that life should start here in rows on Sunday mornings and that it should move into homes and coffee shops and places where you can gather and, and places where you can uh, be like with like-minded people, people that love you and they love Jesus, but they love Jesus more than they love you. Come on, we all need those people in our life. And so if you've never been a part of a group, man, I wanna Im implore you, I wanna like beg you to be a part of a group this semester. This doesn't do anything for us. Like, we don't get, like, extra credits in heaven, you know what I'm saying? I don't get a bigger house or shinier halo or anything like that, but it does uh, help you as you walk through your life. So you can text my group to 94,000, and you'll find the whole list of, 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 of groups that you can sign up for, marriage groups, men's groups, women's groups, all over the map you can sign up for a group. The second thing I want to say is this, and, and don't miss out on that. Make sure you do that. The second thing is this, is last week it was amazing. How many of y'all enjoyed the five-year anniversary? Y'all enjoy that? Personally, my favorite part was Pastor Ken Figs being with us in the house. That was like all, my all-time favorites. I love that man. But in the panel that we had uh, towards the end, I said something, and I think there were, there were some people that misinterpreted or misheard what I said. And so I want to make sure that, like, your southern pastor, that I communicate well what I, was, what I said. Can I do that real quick, a little clarification? This is like the editor's notes in the back of the newspaper. But I want to give this, I, I said, I was talking to Patty and Eddie, Eddie, Patty and Ed Wade, who were on the end of the panel. I said, hey, when we launched our Milford campus, um, you guys got deep, deep, more deeply involved and there were people that thought I said when we lost our Milford campus, like as in it's not coming back. And uh, I want to reassure our church, come on, that our vision for Milford goes beyond the COVID season. Come on, we will be called to the city of Milford long beyond that. And so we have not lost anything. Come on, we are waiting for God to position for us an opportunity for us to step back into the city of Milford. Are we good? We did not lose when we launched L-A-U-N-C. H-E-D. Okay, cool. We can spell. Awesome. I, North Carolina Public Schools, don't blame me. But today, I'm super excited because you're probably wondering what in the world this bookshelf has to do with uh, what's going on today. I'll share a little bit about that in just a moment. But I'm excited for two reasons. The first reason is this, is because we're starting a brand new series called Running on Full. And it's been all over the screen. You've heard pre-experience talk about it. You heard us talk about it last week. And I'm believing that this series... No hype, this is legit, that this series is gonna be one of those series that we look back on months from now, even years from now, and we say, man, that was a marking series in the life of our church, running on full. Because I don't know about you guys, but there have been some times more recently where I have felt like I've been doing the opposite of running on full. Anybody with me on that? And I, I want us all to run on full. And so I brought this bookshelf with me because here, here's what I was realizing as I was writing this message, is that when you look at somebody's bookshelf, like whether it be in their office or whether it be in their, uh, their house or wherever you find a bookshelf of their life, like you can tell a lot about 
a person. Like when I was thinking about my bookshelves, like in my office and the bookshelf in my, my home office and some of the bookshelves around my house, there were some things that, that, that I was noticing that, man, you could really paint a picture of who I am by the bookshelf. And I brought some things with me in these little, uh, these little uh, cubbies that I have here. The first one is, is a picture of, of my family because my family is extremely important to me. This is me and Sherry and, uh, and my, little, my little nugget, Jace. Yeah, he's, he's not such a little nugget anymore. He's a big little big guy right now and uh but my, my family's important to me another thing that's important to me come on baseball anybody anybody enjoy baseball yeah uh, seven of us that's cool that's awesome it's i know it's football season but it's it's the fall and the cubs are still in the hunt for the playoffs and so i'm excited about that there's some other things things like um united anybody is united important to anybody yeah one of, one of my friends actually made this for me. He carved this out, and it serves as like a coaster in my office. Pretty cool, but I, 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 one of the things that just reminds me of, of things that are important to me, there's things like, like Delaware. Come on, somebody. I love Delaware. I love the state of Delaware. I, I got to go through these quick because I could be here all day talking about the things on my shelf. Yes, I have multiple. I have multiple bins, okay, if you're wondering right now. Books. Books are important to me. I love, I love self-growth. I love leadership. I love taking my, 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 my knowledge to the next level. These are two couple that have been really good recently. The Road Back to You about the Enneagram, if you've never seen that. A book called One Blood, Parting Words to the Church on Race and Love. It's amazing. A couple books that are fantastic. Books mean a lot to me. The, my, I have my, my study Bible stays on my, my bookshelf because I read out of a, a non-study Bible, and then if I have a question, I, I flip over, because how many of y'all are ADD like me, that if you're reading the top and, and you have a question, you automatically start reading the, the study Bible, and how many of you know that that's directed by people who are, love Jesus, but that's not the holy inspired word of God? Come on, it's actually the word. So I love the, the study Bible. There's some other things that I think of, things like, like textbooks. These things are heavy. Hold on one second. And this one just makes me uh, sound smart, so I brought this. This is actually on Pastor Mark's bookshelf. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> being serious, but anyways. Uh, the doctrine of God. Come on, somebody. You, you want to sound smart? Just put the doctrine of God on your on yourself. That'd be amazing. The ESV Bible Atlas. This is when you just want to do a little, you know, Middle Eastern planning. You just start thumbing through this. And, and But there's things all over your bookshelf. There's there's things that remind you of, of kind of victories in your life, some, some awards. They, they stay on your shelf. That one stays on the shelf in my closet at this point. But anyways, that's beside the point. And then, and then there's things that just remind you. I had a friend give me this as well, but there's some things that remind you of your relationship with Jesus. There's things that, 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 whether it be a cross or whatever it would be, that just remind you of the place that Jesus has in your life. We, we all have a bookshelf in our house. Like if we were to, if I was to go to your house, I would find a bookshelf and I would be able to tell you what's important to you because some of you have your, your cat on your bookshelf, like not physically, but a picture. But some of you physically have your cat on a shelf. And you should stop that right now, like you should. Don't do that. But, but what's interesting to me is it paints such a vivid picture. And a lot of times when we think of our lives, when we look at the bookshelf of our lives, kind of go with me proverbially for a second. In the number one spot, like, like we have a lot of things. Like right here I have like baseball and my family uh, represented. And let's, let's call this top right slot the number one slot. But for many of us, we would rearrange this. For some of us, it may be like work things. For some of us, it may be like, like study things. It may be our education. For some, it may be the awards. And for some of you, come on, you even have Jesus in the number one spot. How, how many of you would say, you don't have to, don't raise your hand, don't do nothing because you don't get extra credit. You would say that you got Jesus, don't just, don't, again, don't raise your hand. You got Jesus in the number one spot. Like some of you would say, man, I got Jesus in the number one place. 
You see, the reason that this is so important as we start this series and we talk about this idea of running on full is because so many of us are running on empty in our lives because the bookshelf of our life is a mess. Like, if we were to be honest, today, today's one of these messages that, like, you're going to feel like, Pastor Ken, get out my grill for just a second, but I'm going to be in your face for a second, but in the name of Jesus, like, lovingly, if that's okay, because we can all take a step forward today. But for many of us, our, our bookshelf is, is disheveled. Our bookshelf is a mess. And one of the things you would find about me, you would find, like, in, in my office, like, everything's in alphabetical order. Everything, the authors are all together and grouped. I'm a freak. I know I, it's just true about me. But a lot of times, our life, our bookshelves of life, they get a little bit out of control. And as I was thinking about this idea of running on empty versus running on full, you see, one of the reasons that we run on empty and we don't run on full is because we give God some of our life. And one of the things I've noticed is this, to be true, that if you are going to operate, if you're going to run on full, and as we walk through this book of Colossians and through this series, the truth of the matter is, is that God doesn't just desire some of your life. God desires the sum of your life. I want you to take this in for a second because this is gonna be, like for some of us, it'll be a transition. For some of us, this will be a moment. For some of you, like this may take a little bit of time and that's okay, but what I want to clear up today is that God doesn't just desire to be a little nook in your cranny. Like God doesn't just desire to be a shelf on your whole bookcase of your life. What we need to understand today, what all of us need to fully clarify today and wrap our brains around today is that he is not interested in just a space, that God is the entire bookshelf and that everything else fits inside of him. And so today, what I want to do to, to kind of notify this is I, I just want to put this on top as the cross, as a representation that God doesn't desire some of our life, that he desires the sum of our life, the S-U-M. And if you're not good at mathematics, you can Google that later. It was supposed to be cute and clever, but maybe some of you may have missed that. I'm, I'm excited, I told you for two reasons. One, running on full, but the second is the book of Colossians. Paul is writing to the church of Colossae where a lot of people, due to false teaching, they had forgotten the lordship of Christ. I can remember a point in, my time, point in time in my life where Jesus went from, and I'll explain this, went from the savior of my life to the Lord of my life. Where Jesus, listen, there's nothing like, there's not like a second salvation, there's not like another moment, like literally it's a progressive thing that we may refer to from time to time called sanctification, where you walk deeper into the heart of God, and some of you are on that journey right now, it's amazing. But there was a time where I remember I was eight years old where my father explained to me what it, what it meant to know Jesus and what it meant to give my life to Christ. And I remember praying in that moment. And if I would have died past that moment, man, I truly believe that I would have spent eternity with Jesus. Come on, he would have said, well done, good and faithful servant. And I would have spent eternity with God. But somewhere around my junior and senior year of high school, I began to learn more about God. And I began to go deeper into his heart. And there was a time in my life where Jesus went from the savior of my life to the Lord of my life, where he began Began to have superiority and supremacy in my life. Have you ever been on that journey before, deeper into the heart of God? It's absolutely amazing. And this is what the book of Colossians is speaking on. Colossians chapter one is where we're gonna be today. We're gonna look at six verses, four on the front end, two on the back end. And it's gonna be absolutely, I believe this, 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 uh, this passage is so powerful and it's so transformative. So check it out, Colossians chapter one, starting in verse number 15. We're gonna go verse by verse because there's a lot here. Check it out, verse 15. Paul is writing, he says, he is the image of the invisible God. He is Jesus. Jesus 
is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. As I'm starting in verse 15, I know that like, if you're just kind of picking up in scripture, if you're new to this thing, this is probably pretty confusing to you that he is the image of the invisible God. I love this because Jesus is the physical representation of God. Like when we see, I, I was trying to explain the Trinity to my four-year-old the other day. Come on, somebody. Uh, I was, he was like, Daddy, like what's the difference between God and Jesus? I'm like, give me like six years and we'll work on that conversation. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you know how I'm, I'm like daddy to some and, and Kenneth to other and like just trying to explain this to a four-year-old and he's like, can I have some gummies? You know what I'm saying? Like at that point, I'm like, bro. Like, so we, we see this, Paul is writing. He says he's the image of the invisible God. He's the physical representation of God. He says the firstborn of all creation. I love that if you trace it all the way back to the beginning of the book of John, that John chapter one, verse one, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God that Jesus has always been from the beginning of creation. He continues in verse 16. It says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. That these thrones, these dominions, these rulers and authorities are all put here to show the power, the majesty, the authority, and the superiority that God holds. And that each of these shows levels of power that Paul is saying were not only created by Christ, but they were created for him as well. He continues verse 17, he says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. That he doesn't just hold them together, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got, yes, he not only holds it all together, but in him, it's because of him that all things actually hold together. Verse 18, he says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Remember that church we talked about last week? That the gates of hell will not prevail against. It says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. This phrase, God is the head, translates to that God is the chief, God is the Lord, God is the ruler. And this preeminence, this word, is a, it's a word that we don't use very much, but in this verse, it's translated to have first place in everything. How many of you know that God desires to have first place in everything? And so if God desires the sum of our life, the S-U-M, and not just sum of our life, then the question that needs to be answered is how do you get there? Because if we just prayed right now and said amen, hey, hey, God desires to be first. He not only desires to be first, but he desires not just to be a peace, but he desires to be all-encompassing. If we just prayed and dismissed, come on, it would be a really hard trek at this. We would be like, I don't know where to go from here, and I want to kind of give you some kind of some how-to on how to go to this next level. And the first thing you got to realize is that God as I said earlier, is the shelf. He is the shelf and everything else fits inside of him. If you don't miss, if you don't get this, like you'll miss the entire rest of the message. Like if you, get, if you don't get this and you put into practice what we're gonna talk about for the rest of the message, it will be like a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. It just will not work. He wants it all. Like he wants your marriage, your career, yes, your dating relationship, yes. Your sexuality, yes. Your hobbies, yes. Timmy's travel ball, yes. Your education, yes. Your, your parenting, yes. Let me go a little bit further. Your, your attitude, woo, yes. Your, your dreams, your hopes, 
and your aspirations. Yes, he wants it all in your life. I want to tell you this. This is foundational. He isn't interested in one little shelf. He wants the whole thing. Let me tell you this. That may seem simple and simplistic. But if it was simple, but if it was easy, a lot more of us would have put it into practice and our lives would look drastically different. You see, there's a difference between simple and easy. Simple is, yes, I understand that. Easy is it's easy to put into practice. This is not easy to put into practice. It's simple, yes, but it's not easy. Does that make sense today, church? And so, so we have to make sure that we don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, things that are simple versus easy. Like we have to make sure that we say, hey, well, maybe I don't grasp this. Maybe there's some times and spaces and places in my life where I don't understand this to be true. And so that's what I want to talk about for the remainder of our time. The second, you got to know what to do with what's on the shelf. We got to understand that God is the shelf and that everything else fits inside of him. But the second thing you got to understand, if he's going to have preeminence in our life, we got to understand what to do with the rest of the things on the the shelf. Check out verse 16 again. It says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. The first thing that I want you to write down if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes because you may not need this right now, but you are going to need this at some point in your life. The first thing I want you to write down is this is you got to steward what's on the shelf. You got to steward what's on the shelf. Because what's in your life is not only through him, but you don't miss this, don't miss, it's for him. That everything that you've been given is a blessing for you, but you have to steward it for him. Let me, let me say that again. That everything that you've been given, every single thing that you've been given is a blessing for you, but you must steward it for him. Does this make sense today, church? And so everything you have, your family, your, your loves of, of like your church and your, your, your community and your, your studies and all the things, your awards and sports and all those things that are going on, you have to understand it's a blessing for you, but you must steward it for him. Come on, don't, don't get me wrong. That boat that you have, it's amazing. Like the house that you have, I've talked about this before, it's amazing. That second house you have, that's amazing. Those rentals that you have, I think it's absolutely amazing, but you can't miss the fact and the reality that it's a blessing for you, but you must steward it for him. Does this make sense? Are we tracking today, church? I know it's a little early, but I want to make sure that we're tracking. Listen, I don't want you to be shy about celebrating your blessings. Just make sure you celebrate, just make sure you steward them well. Like, I'll be your chief celebrator in your life. Pastor Kenneth, li listen, if, if you are, are stewarding well what God has given you and you get a nice car, come on, somebody, praise God. I'm gonna, I just take me for a ride or let me car sit when you go out of town. Like, I'm just saying, I'm going to be your chief celebrator. It is a blessing for you. Don't be shy about it. Come on, just steward it well. And as I was thinking about this stewardship piece, that I, I believe that every opportunity should pass through this test, the who's it for test. The who's it for test. Is it for God or is it for you? Let me give you an example. That promotion that you have the opportunity for, like it may have a better title, it may have better pay, but it has worse hours and you have to give up your ability to attend or even serve because of it. Is that for God or is that for you? And if this is important, I know it's quiet, but if this is important, like if, if, if stewarding our relationship with Jesus, stewarding what's on the shelf is important to us, then this makes a difference. 
that travel ball team that they've been trying to get on, your son or your daughter, and, and, and they, they have an awesome opportunity, but it means that you can't be at church three out of four Sundays a month. Is that for God or is that for you? And listen, don't, don't think that I'm coming at you because I played travel ball all the way through. I played baseball in college. This is a huge deal for me. But you got to understand that you can honor God and honor your gift at the same time. They're not all the way. There's not a dichotomy. Come on, my mama used to be like, hey, put your socks on and your sliding shorts on under your church garb so that as soon as the doors let out, we can go to the baseball field. Come on, it's just a matter of what you choose. You can honor God and you can honor the gift at the same exact time. And sometimes you just got to tell the coach, hey, listen, Jesus is number one to us. And so we're just not going to make it sometimes when it comes. And if they're like, hey, you might have to find a different team. That's cool. You don't want to be on their team anyway. They ain't got the favor of God on that team. I'm kidding, but seriously. <laughs> but the who's it for test is so important. This has been, this is a lifesaver for me. That, that hobby that takes time away from your family, is it for God or is it for you? I'm not saying you can't have, don't take this to the extreme. Be like, oh, he can't, he can't have hobbies. My son can't play travel ball or my daughter can't play travel. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you can honor the gift and you can honor God at the same time. It's a stewardship issue in our life. I believe another huge piece for this, and I haven't talked about this in forever, this who's it for test is tithing. Like when, when I think about this, it's a general reminder for me that it's all through him and for him anyways. And so why wouldn't I return to him what belongs to him? That the 90%, listen, the 90% is a blessing for me, but the 10% is stewardship for him to say, listen, it's all about you anyways. You gotta steward what's on the self, shelf, self, what's on the self, what's on the shelf, just do it all. Let me clarify, because people walked away last week, they, we closed the campus. This week, we're not closing the church. Like, we gotta, you gotta steward what's on the shelf. And you gotta trust it. I'm, listen, I have a southern accent, so sometimes you gotta hang on or watch it back. That's all I gotta say. The second thing is, you gotta trust him with what's on the shelf. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I said this earlier, but I think it bears repeating that he doesn't just hold them together. He is what makes them hold together. Like, isn't it crazy how sometimes you think you can handle it better than God? Like, I'm with you on this. I'm like, God, I got this. And God's like, <laughs> I don't think he laughs at us, but if he did, that would be the moment. Like, God, I got this under control. And so what do you do? You begin to take things off the shelf. But the truth is, is that you need to trust him with everything that you have. Like, how come when our marriage gets tough, it's the first thing that we pull off the shelf? God, I got this. We're going to strong arm this thing. I'm going to, like, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of this thing. I've got this thing. And God's like, no, don't take it off the shelf. Leave it on the shelf under my covering. Put it inside of me and lean into the grace of God. Like we run from the very one who can do the miracle to belong with, to begin with. Like our kid is struggling. Again, we, we take, the, take it off the shelf and we're like, they're going through a tough time. She's promiscuous or he's being an idiot or all these, the combination of all these different things. And I got this. I'm going to ground them. I'm going to take care of this. And God's like, you can do all of those things, but you got to leave it on the shelf because I got this. I got this. Listen, I want to encourage you, you don't need to take your business off the shelf because it's crushing you. You desperately, you desperately, desperately 
need to leave it on the shelf because that is only where the favor of God can carry the weight for you. One of the things that I love most about my, my uh, shelf, and I almost forgot about this, is one of the things that um, was given to me. Make sure there's not a reflection on this so you guys, because there's probably gonna be a little bit of reflection, so don't, don't mind this. But I'm, I'm kind of patriotic. I told you when I pulled up to, to Mission Barbecue at 9-11, they had the flags flying. Like I got a little, I got, like I was just remembering this, but, but this flag was, was carried by and I, one of our chiefs in our church. I don't wanna call him out from stage just for anonymity's sake. This was, uh, this was flown in, on combat missions in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria in honor of United Church. I thought it was pretty cool um, that this was given. And, you know, this, this goes on actually the top of my shelf. And I don't want to put it there because I'm using that as to represent. But, but we, we put it as part of our shelf, our, our patrioticness. And in this season, I, I want to encourage you, don't take our country off the shelf. Come on, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, you're like, oh, he's going to get political. No, no, no. I want you to understand there's a difference between speaking truth and getting political because I'm not going to endorse any party from this stage or person. But in this season where we have just a few short weeks until like a, a huge deal, like that all of us, that people have paid their life for, for us to get out and vote and for us to do those things, like we want to take it off the shelf and we're like, no, no, we'll control this. We got this. If we vote for this person, if we vote for that person, everything's going to be good. Don't we do this? And so we go and we strong arm this thing. Can I encourage you? Can I just speak some truth into you? Donald Trump will not save this country. Joe Biden will not save this country. Hold on, you're like, oh my gosh. Ross Perot will not save this country. <laughs> Mike Pence or Kamala Harris will not save this country. Only Jesus can save this country. And so what I encourage you to do is leave it on the shelf. Come on, let's say, God, would you, would it be under your covering? God, we're trusting you. God, we're giving you everything. Would you bring revival to this land? Would you bring peace to our streets? Would you bring justice? God, we just need you more than ever. God, we trust you with everything. And it's in seasons of pressure that tempt you to take things off the shelf and into your hands. Let me say that again. It's in seasons of pressure that tempt you to take things off the shelf and into your hands. Come on, you can't save that person. You can't turn our country around by yourself. You have to trust the only one who can and get under his covering and, and plead with him and say, God, I'm trusting you to do what only you can do. You gotta trust him. He's holding all things together. You gotta steward what's on the shelf. You gotta trust him with what's on the shelf. The last thing I wanna show you is you gotta pri prioritize what's on the shelf. Verse 18 it says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. That he's not only holding all things, but he's first in all things. Like in your marriage, he's first. In your job, he's first. In your hobbies, he's first. And you know why he's first? Because he said so. And that doesn't sit well with some of us. And many of us get up in arms when we talk like this. That's because in our Western form of Christianity, what happens is so often you worship a God that you've created and you forget that God created you. 
Like as long as Jesus, hold on, as long as Jesus doesn't violate anything that's comfortable with me, I'm good. But the moment he steps in and says, no, 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 I need, you to, I need you to understand that Jesus is overall. I need you to understand your family is first. I need to understand your career is second. I need you to understand that all these things, other things flow from that. But the moment that he like puts something out of order that is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we pump the brakes. Like, no, no, that's not the God that I created. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like I, you didn't create me, I created you. Like, I knit you together in your mother's womb. And he says, listen, I am first. It's not because he's insecure. It's because he knows what your life looks like when it's not the case. Like, he knows how big of a jerk you can be in your marriage when that's not the case. Am I right? Like, when he's not first, like, you spout off and say things, and you're like, oh, God, I want those back. Like, he knows how you will spend your money when that's not the case. He knows how heavy-handed of a leader you can be when that's not the case, and so he reminds you in everything that he is preeminent. He is first in everything. Maybe today you're listening and you're like, Pastor Ken, I'm, I'm definitely not running on full. I, I feel like I'm more like I'm running on empty. And can I tell you, it's probably for one of two reasons. One, maybe you've just been distracted. And so when I talk about this, stewardship piece, when I talk about this trusting piece, when I talk about this priority piece, you're, you're a little bit distracted. Or maybe for the second reason, I, I don't know, maybe it's because you haven't experienced what Paul writes about in verses 19 and 20. Ch check out verse 19. It continues. Paul says, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And so maybe you're feeling empty because you've never placed your life in God. Maybe you've, you've never committed everything to him. Maybe today you've never made that decision like to, to, to go all in, to step in to faith. And check out verse 20, it says, and, and through him to reconcile, that's a big word, but we'll talk about that in a second, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Paul continues, he says, through him to reconcile to himself all things. That word reconcile, I love it. It says to restore to friendship or harmony. Can I just tell you today, maybe you feel like you're running on empty because you've never given your life to the one who paid his life to give you fullness in life. Like maybe today is the day where you're like, God, I, I, I've, I've heard a little bit about this, but I stepped into this. I didn't know what to expect. And there was a shelf, a crazy guy. And man, now it makes sense to me in my life because I feel like there's been some, some animosity, not from your side, but from my side towards you. But today I want to restore that friendship or harmony. So I don't know where you are today, but I just want to ask for distractions sake, right where you sit, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe for you, you're, uh, you're in that first, or in that second grouping, excuse me, where you've never surrendered your life fully to Christ. You've never been reconciled. It's never been made right. Your relationship with God has never been restored to friendship or harmony, and today's the day. And so if that's you, wherever you are in here today, I just want to encourage you with every head bowed, every eye closed, to, to pray a prayer like this. You don't have to say these exact words, but this is just a declaration of your heart. 
Say, Jesus, thank you so much for paying the price for my sins. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for on the third day raising again to show me that I can have victory over everything that defeats me. Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me my sins, that you would make me brand new. Jesus, I pray that I would put you first in every piece and part of my life. It's in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, every eye still closed, if you prayed that prayer to give your life to Jesus, come on, to reconcile your life with his, would you just throw your hand up right where you sit today? That's amazing. That's amazing. You just made the greatest decision of your life. Today, maybe you, uh, you've made that decision, but you feel like you've just been distracted. Maybe it's the trust piece, the stewardship piece, the priority piece. I don't know what it is, but you've just been distracted, and so you feel like you've been running on empty. If that's you today, would you just throw your hand up? Like, you know Jesus. Like, there's no doubt in your mind, but you've, you've just been distracted. Would you throw your hand up? It's amazing. And so right now, what I want to do, I just want to encourage you with every head still bowed, every eye still closed, just to, to spend a moment with God, saying, God, today, all over again, I'm acknowledging that you are who you say you are, that you're worthy of being preeminent first. God, that you're not just a shelf, God, you're the entire bookshelf. Everything fits inside of you. Just tell him that you wanna lean into him when things get tough. You don't want to run away, you want to lean in. You want to steward well, you want to trust well, you want to prioritize well. Let me pray for both decisions today. Father, thank you so much. Well, did you say that when one sinner gives their life to you, repents, that there's a celebration in heaven, and so today there's celebration. We join in today saying, thank you, God. Thank you that we continue to see you move in this place. Father, I pray for all those who already know you, but maybe they've been distracted. Today was just a great reminder. I pray that you would encourage them in their faith. God, that they would find themselves a group of people that could help them take this journey to the next level. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. And thank you for your word. I give you all the praise for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen.